Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Hey, Christina. Hey. Hey. Kind of excited for today's show because it's so different than the things we usually talk about. Oh, I know. Well, we're going to be talking about shit. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We literally are, but I have a question for you. You know, does your stomach ever hurt? All the time. You know, let me say this. It hurts because I can't poo like our listeners needed to know. (laughs) Just get that clear right out of the gate. You know, that's really like you and I talk. uh, (laughs) We talk almost daily, and we're always Mm -hmm. saying it seems like there's not a day that goes by that one of us doesn't say that we've got gas or indigestion or constipation Mm -hmm. or diarrhea. Like Mm -hmm. last night, I had a lot of brown rice for dinner, and I'm paying for that today, and it's very good for you when you're not used to that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to talk about gut health today, and we're going to talk about. This whole gut biome situation, I'm going to just right out of the gate say, I've been a little bit of a naysayer about you've just got too much this or that because, you know, you have all these companies trying to sell you things and, then, you know, everybody telling you you need to cleanse and then your doctors all say, no, you don't need to cleanse and all these things. And then my doctors tell me it's time for a colonoscopy, wants to run stuff up my rectum and I'm not feeling that. So I admit I come to this with some mixed feelings about what's real and what's science, but I will say this, going back to even my childhood there, I, I had an ulcer in first grade and yeah, stomach ulcer. And it was related to tension and stress as a Mm -hmm. six year old, a little bit high, high, um, high D and high I person, Mm -hmm. high was well, type A personality, so I'm trying to get out of my mouth, type A. But I've seen in my life, there's definitely has to be a connection, or this is my theory, between our nervous system and our digestive system. And I know is. you, there is. you'll tell me, I've just got so upset, my stomach's hurting. Or yeah. I've, when well, I went when through I, my divorce, I had diarrhea mm-hmm. every day for months. Well, when I, when I travel, um, I get very nervous when I travel. People don't realize how nervous I get. Gail, you know, you know, I get very uncomfortable in a lot of situations, but I mask my uncomfortable, how do you say that word? Uncomfortability mm-hmm. with a lot of joy and a lot of smiles and a lot of laughing. pushing it away. You laugh laughing. It. I do laugh over it. And um, people don't realize how much pain I'm in. And, uh, it really affects me when I travel because the anxiousness is so high that I I literally can't poo for the whole trip. Like now, when, I get stopped up when I travel, yeah, but I figure it's can't. the water and airline fare and all the things. I but I don't know. I think it's a, a, a number of things. To, yeah, the question I want to get into too is into too. You like that, didn't you? Um, <laughs> what's normal? 
and what's not, because I think we poo-poo a lot of things that might need a medical look and medical eyes on them. So I think we should just get into it. We have a great guest for you guys today. Um, not that all our guests aren't, aren't great, but this one, we're going to be doing good to pack all her information in in this time slot. So she may be a repeat mm. appearance We love person. We love our repeat. Well, we love all of our Moxie partners. But we Let's always say that, that on there. air without asking them. Have you noticed that? I, we, we say that in front of do. everyone so they have to but, commit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we, we, we have a plan and the plan usually works. So. <laughs> Good. We know what we're doing here. So I want to welcome Jay India to the show. And she is an author and a podcaster. And she does a lot of work in this space, especially with women. So welcome, Jay India. Glad to have you today. Thank you so much for having me here, ladies. I'm so honored to be here because I am a listener, and oh, I love that your makes show. So happy. Are you are love you ready? That. You think? Did you take a sedative or? <laughs> I did, took a lot of drugs. <laughs> did you take a Good. shot of tequila? Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> take we Christina can be and I, and then we're going to talk about poop. As you know, this is going to be something else, but it's going to so, be awesome. You have. A great story, but first out of the gate, just to define the terms so that we can follow the story, tell us what IBD and ulcerative colitis are. Thank you so much. So IBD is inflammatory bowel disease. And the most famous IBD is Crohn's disease. Everyone knows Mm -hmm. Crohn's disease. I have the, I'm lucky enough to have the second most famous one, which is ulcerative colitis. Uh, A lot of people just call it UC. If you want to call it for this podcast, just because it's a mouthful, UC is fine. But those are the two uh, most famous IBDs. There are smaller IBDs that are not as well known. Ulcerative colitis is when you have tears or ulcers in your colon or your large intestine, and it's also the inflammation of the colon. Crohn's, I just want to define it because people know Crohn's the best. Crohn's is the inflammation of the entire digestive tract, which goes from your mouth all the way down to your anus. So both of them are not great. I will say that. And very (laughs) painful. Yep. So name some of the other IBDs that we might have heard of and not. Um, A lot of them you won't have heard of because they're not well known because it's, for example, they have really big, long names and newborns are now being born with them. Unfortunately, one is um, that's that affects, I believe, preteen girls is called cyclical vomiting syndrome, I believe. And it's where you know, it's it's exactly what it sounds like, where it goes with the cycle and you just vomit out of nowhere. So that's one of the IBDs. But the other ones whoa, are whoa, 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 not whoa, as well known. Wait, hold on. Back it up. Yeah. Back it up. Okay. Cyclical vomiting. So it syncs up with your female cycle? Is that what you're saying? It can. It can. And I just want to say I'm not an expert in this. I just know someone who has it. Uh, so that's one of the smaller, lesser known IBDs, but yes, it can, it, it can sync up with your cycle. And again, from what I know about it and the little I know about has a lot to do with diet a lot. Yeah. And everything's mind, body, soul. So, so I did not realize. So, okay. So ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, all these roll up under this, this large umbrella Umbrella. IBD. So when we talk about IBD, we could talk about any of these um, other diagnoses. Okay. 
So you had an ulcerative colitis flare that almost took your life. So tell us about the symptomology up to that, your diagnosis. How did you wind up there? Was this a long-term issue, a short-term issue? Give us this scoop, girl. Take it away. Lay lay out the story. (laughs) Lead us to the water. (laughs) So I believe I've always had ulcerative colitis. But what happened in 2021 was just unprecedented in my life. Right around this time, uh, it was June 2021, I started to show symptoms. And the symptoms were very strange. So for example, I went to my eye doctor for the yearly exam. And my eye doctor says to me, listen, you have an eyelash parasite called blepharitis. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell is that? And that's gross. Like, <laughs> I never heard of it. And I know a lot about holistic medicine. I don't want to get too into this, but with holistic medicine, Chinese Ayurveda, the liver and the eyes are connected. So if I had thought about that correctly, I would have realized there was something wrong with my liver. So I want you to pay close attention to this story and how many details that I was like, oh, it's okay. It'll pass. It's good. So then I've always been a walker. So I've walked for, I'm famous in my neighborhood for doing these two hour walks up and down hills. I do it, let's say three times a week. And then I was getting to the point at the beginning of this flare where I couldn't even walk for 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, My muscles couldn't handle it. I was getting that weak. Uh, Things started to get really bad in the bathroom. I was bleeding with my stool. I was, uh, my number two looked like pellet poo or rabbit poo. Uh, um, I was getting sinus issues that I was getting migraines. All of this was happening. Now, keep in mind, I was eating the best I've eaten in years. So I was like, I'm eating salad and I'm killing it with salad and I'm killing it with um, these large, big gulp type smoothies that have 14 vegetables and apple juice. And, you know, I'm just doing, I'm, I'm looking great. I'm losing a few pounds, even though I don't need to. And I just think I'm doing everything right. And then so what basically happened a picture I, of health up, up until this point. Yeah. On the yes, on the surface, let's put it that way. <laughs> so then I go into the darkest place that happens to people a lot of times with IBD. And I could not leave my house. I could not leave my bed because I was having 50, that's five zero colon spasms a day. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Can we just- uh, Colon spasm. Yeah. Go ahead. Can we just pause there? Because that has to be so uncomfortable, painful. Just like, what do you do with yourself? And you're probably, I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine what you felt like in that Yeah, let's spot. talk about that, what that feels like in case yeah. someone's having them and doesn't know what they are. Is that like what a gas pain feels like, like diarrhea cramping? What does that feel like? It's diarrhea times 100. I would say it is like someone stabbing you in the colon, um, how would I explain it? The colon hip area. And combined with, I've heard people call it worse than childbirth. No. So I was having 50 of that a day. Mm. Uh, keep in mind, guys, I just want to I want to tell people that I said, it'll get better. I'll figure it out. Can't leave oh my, my house. Goodness. 
such a thing as my house, women right? do. Because That's, thank you for saying that. We're taking care of everyone else and we get used to blowing things off and get used to like, I was very accustomed to having migraines. I, I know I remember thinking sometimes, what if I really did have a brain tumor? You know, I had had an MRI, so I did not. But there were times that you're like, yeah, it's just a migraine, although you feel mm-hmm. like blowing your head off, you know, and it, we can have lots of pains. Plus, we have our periods and we have our children. So women can have some very high pain tolerance. Yes. Um, and so even though you have now become confined to your bed and your pain is extreme, you're still just thinking, no, nah, it'll be fine. You see the problem in that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a big problem in that, girl. Holy well, I think crap. there's also something in our, like, a, a, our psychosis that almost the worst, it, the worst the outcome could be, sometimes I think we're slower to take action because that fear. Because mm-hmm. I know recently I had a spot on my leg that I wondered if it was skin cancer. And I would have more quickly gone to the doctor for a sinus infection. So we like don't want to hear kind of things and we're afraid. And so we just don't allow ourselves to go there. So um, I imagine you're losing weight. You're probably dehydrated. What is your quality of life at this point? My quality of life is I can't leave my bed. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. I'm not someone who can lose 20 pounds. I tell people I have a body type like a Natalie Portman or Sarah Jessica Parker. So imagine. Well, this <laughs> imagine- interview is over, Christina. <laughs> we cannot be friends with you any longer. <laughs> I'm five foot one. I'm really small, really tiny. Uh, so losing 20 pounds in... Uh, two weeks was devastating. I sent you the picture for your reel of me at my worst when I weighed around 80 pounds. Wow. I was devastated. I could not eat. I could not drink. I could not stand the smell of food. I made my husband cook in the garage. Uh, Food tasted weird to me anyway. Uh, It was just an absolute nightmare and disaster. Why I was so stubborn is because, and this is a big this is something I've learned. This is something I've really learned is I'm a big holistic, Ayurvedic, uh, all natural person. So I don't do the pharmaceuticals or anything like that. And I said, there's no way in hell I'm going to a Western doctor. And I have, I didn't have good experience with gastroenterologists in the past. I mean, I went to a couple and they weren't good. Right. Well, I learned my lesson on that. So, uh, something happened that I still think is a gift, even though it's not going to sound like a gift. I woke up one morning with heart palpitations, which I've never had in my life. My husband couldn't take it anymore. And he called the ambulance and the ambulance, they came and, uh, they were like, well, there's not much we can do for you. So if we take you to the hospital, there's just not much. They're like, you have to go see a doctor or gastroenterologist or whatever. So after that, I said, you know what? I'm going to get well enough to see my physician I made an appointment three weeks later. I forced myself to eat. I forced myself to drink. I walked around the house. I made myself get as well as I could to see a physician, which I did. The physician said to me, who I know her, she's phenomenal. And she said, I want you to understand something because this is really interesting to a lot of midlife women is she said, you came in, she said, from our records, when you were living in another state in 2019, summer 2019, you went into the emergency room some type of mysterious stomach pains. Then in 2020, you came to me saying you had Lyme's disease. We did all sorts of tests. There's nothing wrong with you. 
Okay. Mm. So then here we are in 2021 and she said, it's chronic. You need to get this investigated. It is chronic. It is not something you can just, you know, blow over because you're not. It's been three years. So, um, the great thing about having a physician that you know is she got me into a gastroenterologist really fast. I had an appointment, but as we all know, well, no, I shouldn't say that. You have listeners outside the U.S. For those of you who are outside of the U.S., we have two problems here with healthcare, the, besides the cost. <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of times when you have an exceptional doctor, their practice is closed to new patients. Yes. And yeah. then the second thing, yep, the second thing that happens, if they're exceptional, you're waiting six months for that appointment. That's right. Mm -hmm. That is true. Mm -hmm. Very now true. Now you can see the kid that just graduated last in his class and just opened his practice down on the corner. You can see him, but you're, you know, these are complicated cases and we need docs with some experience and who really know what they're doing. So you you notice that there is this pattern of chronic chronic stomach issues. So until she said that, did you not realize that? No. Isn't that crazy? No. No. I mean, I knew I had stomach issues, but not like I, when she hit, what, what hit it for me was when she said, you have come the past three years at the same time of year. Mm. And that's what really hit it for me. And I was like, oh, wow. And, you know, I had a mother who I'm not genetically related to, I'm adopted, but I had a mother with an intestinal blockage. So you think I would be more aware, aware cognizant, of things. Yeah. Cognizant. Wow. So that but was a shock. Again, so we push my, down. Go ahead. We push down. Yeah. And yep. we are so busy. Ooh. A lot of times when we're married, raising kids, working a job, we don't have time to stop and connect all the dots and we just push mm -hmm. it to the side and we'll gonna deal with it later right later I mean, everything how many is later you would ever we never like little johnny's teeth get cleaned when that six month mark rolls around when his physicals do when his inoculations are due if you get those you know but mom will skip on all those especially if there's a time crunch a money crunch so is we often in our health care and our self-care fall to the side yeah we do we always take take uh, the last place in everything and everything. Mm, even the things that really matter in order for everything else to thrive. So tell us about this diagnosis. Did, did she diagnose you there or did she say, Hey, I'm going to transfer you to the specialist. And then they diagnosed you. Um, what, what, what was that like? So with my physician, she was able to get me into the highly recommended gastroenterologist four days later, thank God. Wow. And of course, okay, I want to I wanna unveil a mystery when you go to a gastroenterologist <laughs> for anyone that has to go. They can't do anything for you unless they do tests. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to feel around and you know what I mean? If it's serious, like what I have, they have to go in and do the colonoscopy. You're not, There's no you're not, same thing with a lot of other things like urology. You're not getting an answer today. Mm. I think a lot of people get their hopes up and they go to that first appointment, they come home and say, well, they didn't help me in here. They didn't tell me anything. These are complicated issues that require a myriad of medical testing test. You know, your mm -hmm. labs are going to tell a lot. Your CTs, your MRIs, your scopes, all those things. are. This is the inside of our body and we cannot see what's going on in there. Now there's some clues and there's some things that are more serious. And I, I do want our listeners to know blood in the stool is serious. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't always mean mm-hmm. that you have a serious disease, but it is a serious symptom. And unexplained weight loss is a serious symptom that does not just happen. That's right. We don't just bleed for our rectum. There's a reason, and it could be hemorrhoids. It could be things like fissures and all that. But these are things that need to be checked well, out. But also, you know, in this story, Jay, I, I mean, what what I'm hearing is that your body was giving you so many signs. Your body was saying, I am not well. And it kept manifesting in different spots in your body. I am not well. So subconsciously, did you, did you have that, you know, that gut, (laughs) that intuition that something was off, like something is wrong, but it's going to be okay. Cause I keep hearing you say, oh, but it's going to be okay. But did you just have something like deep inside of you that was like, this is not okay. Cause you were getting Absolutely. all these. Yeah. You were getting all these signs. Oh, girl. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So I, I went to the gastroenterologist, got the colonoscopy, got diagnosed, found out I had a amazing combination <laughs> of ulcerative colitis and E. coli. So <gasps> I also had to deal with oh. that. <laughs> no. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. So wait, how yes. how do they think you got the E. coli? I mean, it, it, what? Like, well, <sighs> I'm a moron. Let let me tell you how I got E. coli. I'm I'm a dumbass. And no, wait till you hear what I did. So I, can't I wait don't to eat hear a this. lot of meat. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, this is good. This is good for all your listeners. So I don't eat a lot of meat, and I just don't know the packaging of it. Even though we have cows and we process our cows, that I'm used to that meat, but I'm not used to you know package a lot of packaged meat. So I wanted to have. Oh, what was it? It wasn't bacon. Was it bacon? It was something like bacon. No, it was pork. It was something pork, I think. And I started just eating it raw. And my husband came in. He goes, <gasps> what the hell are you doing? And I go, oh, you can't eat this like this? I said, it's cooked, right? And he said, no, it's not cooked. He said, you don't do that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I think that's how I got it. Okay, we're oh going to be in this show because we thought we had a very intelligent <laughs> guest today. And we found out I know, she's right? eating Stupid. raw meat. Oh my gosh, I'm Stupid. dying here. Well, no, well, she but, really but is very the, smart, y'all. Here's the thing, though. You had <laughs> you had two things going on in your body. And, and I think that, you know, as we're talking about gut health, let's just throw it out there to our community is that, that you know, Jay is not a doctor. We're not a doctor. If yes. you have any symptoms and you're you're feeling like, wow, I, I'm resonating with what they're saying, please go call your doctor. Um, I I have two doctors. I have a regular doctor and I have a naturopath. I make sure that I look at everything. So we just want to preface that. But how crazy is it, Jay, that you have you know two what else is going situation when you say that? We're all getting our medical information off the web, just like Mm -hmm. we get our political information off Facebook. We're getting our medical information off Facebook, (laughs) too, which is, you know, our friend says, oh, you've just got candida overgrowth. Oh, you've just got, Mm -hmm. you know, if I hear one more person diagnose what other people have and what's wrong Mm -hmm. with the world who have zero medical training, I'm going to lose my ever loving mind. Mm Because I'm not a doctor either about slept on a holiday in last night, but I'm just kidding. (laughs) But even just, I spent 10 years in the medical field on the paper side. And you do learn some things along the way. Right, right. And I did have a great 
biology teacher in high school and took advanced placement biology. But some people I look at them and say, I don't think they even took biology. Clearly, they don't understand anything about science. But you have all these people saying because all these they eat things. raw pork. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you didn't pay attention. It's a wonder you didn't get. Salmonella I didn't do well in too. biology. So. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. It's okay. Now we understand. Pork is now we understand. Pork <laughs> is pork and chicken. I are, don't even yeah. know. No, never raw. So yeah, just. Just in case well, you didn't know, I just feel compelled. But what I'm saying is we're getting a lot of bad information. And yeah. I think that leads people to frustration. And they don't seek out the care they need because there's so much confusion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. doctors have gotten a bad name. All doctors aren't great. They're just like everybody else. But there's some fantastic doctors out there that really care. And the whole medical system isn't screwed. And every test isn't screwed. There are some very good diagnostic tests that are black and white. It's it's It will tell you things now, do, that we I, need to know. I wanted to know. I wanted to know, did they give you, um, did they want you to do like a stool sample? Because... Of the things I don't that think were she going got a choice on. on that. She got a complete roto rooter package, <laughs> and, and and so so was that the because I'm not I'm not clear on this. So please please forgive me and my lack of intelligence. I want to guess and see if I'm right here, just from my limited knowledge. Oh, okay. Presenting with the symptoms she did, I would say just this is layman's knowledge. So I want to show you just how you know it. Don't take a lot. This is a full scope situation. This is an upper GI. This is colonoscopy. These are stool samples, lab tests, and possibly a CT or an MRI of her abdomen. How close am I? That was pretty impressive. That was pretty damn impressive. I, I yeah, I him. had to have a yep colonoscopy, blood work, mm-hmm. fecal samples, and an MRI. Uh, what is it called? MRI enterography with contrast, which is a test mm-hmm. I will never do again unless I'm dying. But, you know. That's... Yeah, that contrast. Huh? Good times. <laughs> <laughs> so the good news oh is gosh. these things can tell us a lot about your current state. They don't yes. tell us how you got there, usually. If you walked around on pool decks and in the sand all summer, wearing those cute little sandals and going barefoot, then your feet may look like mine and they may need a little love and care. In comes Sandbar Hand Care. This is a special foot file that will get rid of those calluses on those feet and leave them feeling smooth. So if you're crawling into bed at night and the heels of those feet are catching on the sheets, go order yours now. This metal file gently buffs away that dead skin. It removes just enough to really make a difference but not leave your feet sore. And it even comes with a salve to apply after you've gotten rid of that dead skin. I'm already thinking of who I'm getting this for Christmas. They sent us one to try and I fell in love immediately. And mine's even pink. How could you go wrong here? So ladies, head over to sandbarhandcare.com. That's sandbarhandcare.com. And use the code MOXIE15 and you'll get a discount on your order. And all those gifts that you pick up for the holidays. Now back to the show. You had some interesting things going on on in your life involving emotions and your nervous system during this same time period. I really want to talk about that connection there because I think it is so common in women and that we 
live with disorders that are brought on by anxiety, nervousness, tension, stress. And, you know, the answer may, we're always always afraid of these invasive, you know, no one wants a bowel resection, no one wants a colostomy bag, no one wants to be on medications, but good mental health can also lead to good physical health in a lot of areas. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit, the relationship between the two for you. Yes. So I just want to give everyone a quick activation warning. Uh, I was sexually abused from the age of four to six by a babysitter. And I tucked those memories away. I tucked all that pain away. I had a complete, what I would call emotional breakdown in the fifth grade. No one could figure out. Even the school counselor, even my parents who were educators. And Basically, I went through my life just tucking away the pain, not recognizing it. And then finally, when I was 43, which is common in middle age, uh, the memories started to resurface. How did they resurface? This house I live in now, when my husband and I went to buy it, I went into the kitchen and the smell was something I've smelled before, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And the look of the kitchen was something that I've seen before, but couldn't put my finger on it. I realized later that was my babysitter's kitchen, looked exactly, smelled exactly. And I truly believe that's one of the reasons the memories were brought forth. So I went to a trauma energy healer, which is talk therapy combined with energy healing. And as we work through everything, I started to release the trauma. And I think as you guys know, and it's been well-documented that when you store trauma in the body, that this is what happens. You get things like IBD and all sorts of things. And I was not dealing with my trauma. And one of the things I love to do, and I didn't realize it until getting help, was I would numb out. Like that was my way. Like a lot of abuse survivors scream and, you know, scream and fight and they can't get along with people. I'm not really like that. I will just completely numb out. I'll numb out to, to TV, I'll numb out to sugar. Um, I was hiding chocolate and sugar under my bed when I was being abused (laughs) and that was my comfort. That was my safety. My mom and I would get in horrible fights, but I, I, it was never an issue because I wasn't an overweight child. I was raised in the 1980s in suburban New Jersey. So if you weren't overweight, there was no questioning. Um, so it was, you know, a painful unearthing of memories, which, I believe led to this flare because it happened so quickly, but it also needed to happen. And one thing I want to say that the trauma healer said to me that really goes along with the midlife aspect and being a woman is she said, why these memories often come out around, she said, I see women around age, mm, late thirties to maybe 50 is because you or we can deal with certain smaller, I don't want to say trauma is a strong word, but certain smaller issues in life. So the boyfriend breaks up with us at 18. It's the end of the world, right? We're going to die. That happens at 40. We're not going to die. We don't like it. We're not happy, but we're not going to die. So now our bodies are able to process the bigger trauma because we've had so much life experience. And I believe she's correct because that's what happened to me. So as I was unearthing this trauma, um, the, the flare was coming out. It was very interesting during the flare that my exact reaction to pain was numbing out again. 
And it was just numbing out of like sitting there just watching TV or something, not wanting to deal with anything. So uh, Ginny Patel Thompson, she is a, a ulcerative colitis expert and an IBD expert. You can look her up. She's on Listen to Your Gut. And she talks about how she believes from all her research that IBD is 60% trauma-based or 60% emotional trauma-based. Now, this is just me saying it. And as Christina correctly said, I am not a professional. I am not a doctor in any way. But in my experience, I think it was higher. I think it was more 70% based. But I do have to do everything mind, body, soul. So besides dealing with the trauma and the emotion of it and the mental aspects, I deal with the, I change my diet, right? And I also do tons of energy healing and all of that. So, you know, I want to let our audience know too that we walked into this with trepidation because when we first met you and you mentioned the energy healing and those things, I was like, now, wait a minute. Are we going to trash Western medicine? Did you not? Are you going to tell me you no. held a rope over your stomach? You were healed of all sorts of crap, you know, kind of thing. We vetted her very carefully, guys, because we did, we are finding interesting this intersection. And I, I personally believe, and Christine can speak for herself, this is where the answers lies in this intersection of Eastern and Western medicine and mental wellness also. And because I'm a big advocate, because even my story, thinking back to being a six-year-old and having, again, chronic stomach aches, I mean, I had stomach aches all the time. And when my mom finally took me in, you know, again and again, her stomach hurts, she says her stomach hurts. I had an ulcer at six years old. And it was that stress. And so I've known for a very long time, there was some relationship between my mind and my body. Then I went through a divorce right before 30. And literally, I'm just going to say, I almost shit myself to death. Y'all, I had diarrhea every single day and lost 50 pounds. And then fast forward into my late, let's say early 40s, I had an anxiety flare or a serious anxiety, um, I mean, it became very acute. And I had always had a certain amount of, excuse me, stress, anxiety. I, I was just that, you know, I'm, my, my tines are torqued up high. And I did not realize a lot of the things that had presented themselves over the years were anxiety. I did not see them as anxiety or, you know, fears and things like that, that kind of stress. And it all came to a head in my early 50s. And I was so physically sick. Y'all, I could, like Jay India's talking about, I wasn't as sick as she was, but I lost 15 pounds in three weeks. I could not eat things. I could not take smells. I couldn't even hardly eat toast. I would try to think up of something that I could get on my stomach because it was this mixture of when I eat, it makes me feel sick. But when I don't eat, my stomach gnaws on itself is the feeling. I know that's not a real thing. But, you know, those hunger pangs, I just felt horrible. And I was so weak. I couldn't do anything except sleep and cry. And um, those close to me know this story. They know it's very real. I mean, they came and saw me and are like, you, what, are you okay? And I'm a ass kicking, overcome or pull up your bootstraps kind of girl. So for me to be reduced to this state was shocking to myself and scary. Um, but I definitely saw that physical and mental components together. And I was seen by doctors twice before I was giving a shot of, I think, Valium to, to just kind of snap me out of the just acuteness of the anxiety to where I could start to 
regain. It's like you lose the ability to eat and then you can't eat. So it's worse than your stomach hurts. Worse. It just starts to, like India said, everything starts to this, it's this rolling snowball. up. Yeah. yeah snowball snowball rolling impact, you know, effective symptoms and more damage and more problems, which is more pain, which upsets you more emotionally. And it's this vicious cycle that's very hard to break. So I just want to share that part of the reason we're having this is that I know in my own life that there is a connection. And I know when I was very stressed, that that seemed to be when my migraines would appear the most. So our body is telling us something with some of these you know, maybe we do need to slow down. Maybe, you know, when I was a child, I I was trying to do too many things and be too perfect. Um, but there is definitely a link. Have you seen that in your life, Christina, that link between what's going on in your brain, what's going on in your body? Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to push stress uh, and emotion down. I mean, that's just, that's just my personality. That's just, what I do. Again, we started this and I I said that people don't know how much pain I'm truly in at times because I always wear a smile, but my body tells me how much pain I'm in. And so sometimes I can't, I'm like you, Jay, sometimes I can't get up off of the couch Mm. because I'm just so numbed out. You know, it's like, this is, this is what I need right now because I don't want to face what I know that I need to do to get this better. Um, and th- th- it was like that for a while, like a long while. I remember I had a friend, he's, he's an awesome chiropractor out here and, uh, he has, uh, an amazing practice and he practices, uh, functional neurology, but he also does a lot of the gut health and things like that. He just went on and expanded his practice. And I remember meeting, um, meeting up with him at, uh, at a funeral one time. And I was like, I have some problems going on like this, this, and this is going on. Can you, they they said, you're the one to talk to about this. Can you help me? Like, what do you think is going on? And he's like, this is what I think is going on. And I would suggest you get some labs here and let's start there. And then I'd like to see you do this for your diet and, um, and let's start this. And you know what? It, It had me on a journey for a couple of years prior to me getting married, had me on a journey of taking everything out of my diet that was not helping my body. However, I will say this, I was not helping my emotional state. So I believe, and Jay, you had said this, I truly believe it is mind, body, soul. It's a whole experience. And if you're going to take care of one part of your body, then you've got to take care of all parts of your body because it's not just one thing that is affecting the body. It is a number of things. And I do want to say this too. I love Western medicine. And at the same time, I hate Western medicine because I feel like they're not, let me just say this, some doctors are not taking that next step that they need to take in order for them to be um, truly serving people, you know, they get, they get into the, the practice of serving people. And then somewhere along the line, it gets kind of repetitive and they just have to do like one course and they can do it online to get some extra training. And I mean, like, that's not enough. I'm sorry. It's just not enough. And, um, 
this is how I personally feel because I have had doctors that want to just treat a symptom. They don't want to treat the problem. And I am like, stop treating a symptom. Let's treat the problem and let's let's get healed. But they don't they don't agree either. Like <laughs> mind, body, soul. They don't like Western medicine is really it's come a long way. And I still think we have a lot more to go. But they don't embrace the mind, body, soul as much as well, some I don't know other if we can. Aspects. It's, the system's not set up for that. It's set up to be yeah, and it's so sucky. Is that diagnosis sucky? and treatment well, and get you out the door? I just don't like. May that. May I add something to yes, that? Yes, I agree. I love that you guys brought this aspect up, and I love that you, you know, when you were vetting me, you were like, "Hey, you know, we're going to make sure." everything's on above board, right? I'm not coming in here to be like, hey, I magically healed myself. Come on. Like, because first of all, that didn't even happen. I, uh, let's put it this way. Western medicine saved my life. If I did not get on that medicine for anti-colon spasms, I wouldn't be here right now. If I didn't get on that steroid, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. And I have a gastroenterologist who's phenomenal, who's not into the energy stuff. He, Listen, I try to go hippy dippy on him because he's like, "Well, what do you do?" And I'm like, "You know what I mean?" And he, I'm like, "I do this and I do this." And and he, it just, he's like, "Listen," and this is why I like him. He's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." He's like, "I'm just based in science, and here's what I see." And I kind of like that because he brings me down to earth. Yeah, and he reminds me that you know what? Stop with the bullshit. Not the saying that the soul stuff is bullshit because that's how I live my life, but stop with the you can just do it on your own by yourself because that's what got me in trouble. So now I go to my gastroenterologist two to three times a year. You know, I'm the one who takes it into my own hands. I'm the one who says, let's get the blood testing. Let's get the fecal testing. You know, let's get the colonoscopy once a year. And I'm glad that I have someone like that because otherwise Mm. I'd be up in the clouds again in bed. (laughs) Well, yeah, but you took, see, you you take both sides of it and you have meshed it together. And I think what you have said is really, really important for our listeners to know is that we, and Gail, we talk about this all the time, right? We have to be our own advocate and we have to take a stand for ourselves. And what I hear you saying is, I was ready to take a stand. My body was telling me something. I went to the doctor. Here's what happened. And now I'm ready to take a stand for myself. That's well, just- I think too, when we understand our bodies better and our mind better, we can connect the dots better for ourselves. Yes. Like I yes. started to notice the things that brought on my migraines. I knew tension and lack of sleep were my two mm-hmm. main triggers. And a lot of people, their triggers are foods, uh, things like that. My triggers were sleep loss and stress, and I, you could plot it on a map. So that awareness and becoming, you know, more cognizant to what's going on with your body and paying more attention is definitely a big part of this. Um, I, I remember having an aunt who for years talked about stomach problems. So my dad's always had stomach problems to the point that the family called this the family's last name, the surname stomach. Like they're just accepting that we have genetically bad stomachs. But actually what happened um, when my aunt was probably in her 60s, late 60s, she wound up in the hospital, nausea and vomiting, and turned out she had gallstones. And everybody's like, oh, good, that's going to answer this. 
bad it had gone on to the point it was down pancreatitis. And she Ugh. succumbed to her pancreatitis. It took her life. And it was not from alcohol or drugs. It was directly related to gallbladder disease, which is one of the ways we get pancreatitis. But had she have not ignored that surname stomach and those pains and indigestion all these years, y'all, constant indigestion, constant gas, constant bloating, constant diarrhea, constant or any mix of those ongoing. Jay India, I'm just going to go on a ledge here and say, it's not normal. Am I right? 100%. 100%. And, you know, that is the warning to my story. And that's what I want to pass on to your listeners today. Because as you said, we are all women who push things to the side. I'm not even a mother. And I have the societal conditioning of pushing it to the side, mm. right? I, I don't even have kids. And I still absorb that <laughs> from society. So number one, don't push it to the side. Mm. Number two, don't discredit Western medicine because we need everything, right? And number three, as Gail and Christina said, please be your own advocate, please. And let me tell you guys something. Before I found my phenomenal gastroenterologist, and by the way, if you need one and you're in the Hudson Valley of New York, just DM me, contact me, and I will get you the name. But with with the gastroenterologist before him, I had two bullshit ones. Really, they sucked. Okay. So keep being your own advocate and keep trying to get that appointment and have a good relationship with your physician so they can do what they did for me and get you in faster. So just don't, if you're in that place of, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just in this place where I'm very down and I can't get the appointment and I have to wait six months. Don't worry, you can do it. You can do it. Just find the avenues to do it. You know, something else that came up when we were talking to India, because we've all three admitted to being pretty strong women. We're all three high achieving, we're go-getters. And I think sometimes what happens with women too is because we've always been seen as weak, you know, running to the doctor may be perceived as weak. And, you know, women are, oh, you know, it's kind of, you know, we don't ever want to be called a hypochondriac and we don't want to be taking time off from our jobs being seen as weak. And then if you're a mom who can take, you can't go to the doctor, you got to take everyone else to the doctor. So there's a lot of things that play into this, us ignoring things that can be ignored. Now, let's be clear, like there's some things that you don't ignore because they're like on the outside and they're right there in your face or they're in they're impacting you every minute of every day, like you get strep throat. It's hard to ignore that. But things that come and go and things that are internal are more easily ignored. And a lot of those things are more serious than the things that rear their head and are more acute. Um, so I love that you, you say that healing is not linear, it zigs and zags. And I think a lot of people give up on treatment options when the first thing they try doesn't go their way. And they say, oh, doctors don't mm -hmm. know what they're talking about. Y'all, science is not an exact, um, medicine is not an exact science. They have a right, protocol, right. they try this, and they have to try something else. So be willing to jump in there for the long haul because your health matters. And sometimes these things are tricky. They have to rule out a lot of other things to get to the one, especially if you're somebody like Jay India, like prior to this, she looked like a healthy girl. You wouldn't have thought she had a serious illness going on and would be near death in a few months. So sometimes when we look really good and present ourselves really well, people don't assume we're sick. Yep. So yep. what are some things 
love to kind of switch gears a little bit here for our audience. So what are some symptoms that you see women overlook that you think are important and you seem be important in your journey and as you work with other women? So I first want to say, and I do want to switch gears, but just imagine this, Gail and Christina, if these ulcers were on the outside of my body, right? Think about Mm -hmm. that because it's Mm -hmm. exactly what you said, Gail, right? If they're on the inside, I can't see them. I don't know what's going on. But if they were on the outside, I would be at the doctor. Anyone would be at the doctor the next day. Would be in the freaking emergency room the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something, you know, that, that really woke me up. So- with women, the symptoms I see, I see a lot of women complaining of mysterious stomach pain. I see that. They don't know what's going on. Um, they have diarrhea, constipation. There's blood in the stool. Here's one thing, you guys, that fucked me up. And Gail or Christina said it about going online and diagnosing yourself, okay? I had went online. I thought I was so smart, right? And I said, okay, because... The blood in the stool has not changed amount or color. I'm good. I'm fine. It's not true. It is and never it's just a random thing that's set online to have blood in your <laughs> yeah, stool. Never. Even thank and, you. And y'all, most blood in your stool is not visual. By the time it's visual, you got a problem. Um, you know, because yeah. even just specks of blood, that is something that's not normative. That is kind of a sealed pathway, your intestines, for lack of a better word things slide through them, but they should not be open or weeping or excreting blood in any way all the way through up to the rectum. Now, it can be something as minor as a fissure or a hemorrhoid at the end of your tract, mm-hmm. but it's that's still not normative. It doesn't mean you can't live with it or that it's deadly. It's just not normative. And you need to be aware of things like that that are just, there's never a time that that's normal and it should be fully checked out. Um, so... Diarrhea, constipation, things that now, as the, I think especially when it's consistent over time, it's chronic. Yeah, if it's, it's not reoccurring. Normal, if it's chronic, exactly. It's not normal. You Christina's need face to is get it checked out. Why? And here's the thing, guys. It's not always bad news. Sometimes you just need a little more fiber in yes. your diet or you're eating something that doesn't agree with you or you need more exercise. You need pork, to drink more water. Pork, it doesn't mean... Know. Yeah, you could be eating bacon in your... <laughs> you missed out on the best part because when that just stuff's fried up crispy, it's it's amazing. It's pretty, it's pretty darn good. I also want to go back to age and some of the mental things and the physical things. It seems like this whole midlife space and this whole menopausal space just can bring on such a myriad of issues and diagnoses and things can kind of like my anxiety came to a head during menopause. And I don't think that's any accident. I think the hormonal changes and the changes going on in my body brought that to a head because we have seen that there is an increase a lot of times in mental health diagnoses like anxiety in midlife. And it's been simmering there, but it comes to a head. Now, whether that's we have more time to pay attention or we're more stressed, or because of our hormones, something is definitely seems to be going on there. Do you guys agree? I wouldn't agree. Yeah, you don't agree. I mean, you're 
You don't have things no, that you felt. No, I I would agree with that. Like I just oh, I thought think you said that, you wouldn't agree, and I thought, well, no, bring it then, girl. No, 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 no. I I would totally agree with that because there's just again, I I think I just think it's normal for women to push everything away for everybody else because by nature we are a nurturer. You know, we're a nurturing being. And so if we're constantly nurturing everybody else, it's so crazy how how we can be a nurturing being, yet we can't nurture ourselves. We nurture everybody else. That's just the way it goes, right? And and then we cause the stress for ourselves because we're not taking care of what what the most important thing is, and that's us, so that we can give out more of us to other people. So um I, I you know, there's a lot to be said in this yeah. arena of mental health, too, and trauma. Yes. And I did not understand that for a long time, how trauma is stored in the body and yes. how it can be hidden from you. That Because some trauma is stored in parts of the brain that are um, not, that cannot be accessed through language. And that's when you get into things like EMDR mm-hmm. and such to explore those areas. And as I learn more about mental health, I learn more about, you know, Western medicine and what we consider a physical health, there just seems to be so many connections there between the two. And well, they say they say that you have the the brain, right? But then you have the other brain, which is the gut. I mean, that's it's a direct connection. So it yeah, let's makes talk about sense. that a little bit. It's yeah, on this. It makes sense. What is this like? This axis that goes down the center of your it's body. Is that right, Jay India? Yes, correct, correct. And they're seeing now, and you can look this up online with very credible resources such as Mayo Clinic, that they're discovering things like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's mm-hmm. are now starting in the gut. It's not in the brain. It's actually in, in the, the gut, gut which mm-hmm. is, yeah, which Christina said is the second brain. So you really make, you really have to make sure that microbiome is in check and it's working. And that's why it's so important that when you hear something like this and you're like, huh, I don't feel right. I haven't felt right for a while that you absolutely get it checked out. Because another thing is ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, IBD is considered an autoimmune disorder. So between IBD, which is uh, 1% of the American population, and then you have autoimmune disorders, which by the way, everything's on the rise. With the autoimmune disorder, 7% of the American population, according to the National Health Institutes, that means that 8% of the American population is suffering <laughs> from all of this. Mm-hmm. That's a large, large number. And I'm not saying that you're suffering from it because Gail's correct. It's not all gloom and doom. And and guess what? I got the gloom and doom uh, diagnosis and I'm doing fine. You yeah. know, I'm, I still have ways, I still have you know, I, I still have to heal, but I have to tell you this, uh, I got a fecal and fecal test and blood work done eight months after my horrendous flare. And I have reduced my inflammation in my body by 80%. Wow. All my blood work came back normal except for anemia. I have a touch of anemia. So you can do it. It, it. it is possible, you know, and it's very individualized. That's another thing I want to say is it's very individualized. If you're hearing this and you're, you're saying, I want to do this or go to this doctor or whatever, it's very individualized to you. Mm-hmm. you know, oh, I love you with- said that because again, on the internet, you know, 
smart yep. ass Sally just Ugh. wants to tell you that her stomach quit hurting when she started, you know, drinking dirt from underneath her azalea plant <laughs> out back. You know, I mean, there's just all this crazy stuff. And what a plus to you does it. I think we should share information, credible information, but it needs to be in the language of, hey, this is what happened to me. You might look into that. It shouldn't be, this is what exactly. you need to do. And especially you need to buy this to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't Whoa. don't put definitives on something that isn't def- defined for somebody else. That's what we have to say here. Don't, don't do the definitive game. Like, I love that you said that, Gail, because one of the things that I always say is, I have a gut problem. I know I have a gut problem. I probably have leaky gut and some other things going on, probably some IBS because I don't, as Gail says, I don't shit every day. So, <laughs> but but this is, this is what has worked for me. The things that I have done have worked for me. And that's what I always lay out in front of people is like, if you're suffering, Maybe try these things. It has worked for me. I don't know if your body will respond in the same way. Um, And I think that we can serve people better when we say, I don't know if your body is going to respond in the same way. Have you tried this? This is what I have tried. Um, and, And so, Jay, as you work with women, how do you how do you lay that out for them? What do you say? You know, what are what are those what are those conversations like? So Christina, oh my gosh, I love how both you and Gail put it. I, I couldn't have put it better because I use myself as an example, exactly what you said. So with IBD, it's so funny. You talk to one person with IBD, they can't even be in the same room as gluten or dairy versus ah. myself where I eat pasta and sourdough bread and it works really well for me. And I can eat a little bit of cheese and a little bit of milk and it works just fine for me. I'm good. Everyone is different. And the problem is, Gail, this goes back to you. And, you know, (laughs) it's not a one size fix all of everyone's like, you know what? Have you tried probiotics? Well, here's the problem with probiotics. And they're great if they work for you. In my case, I was actually overdosing on them and it made things a hell of a lot worse. worse. And yes, you can overdose on that. So saying well, all even that- even if you, I remember, I just have to say here, when I was on yeah. some antibiotics, I developed diarrhea and they're like, oh, take a probiotic. Well, I rolled into the grocery store to the probiotic <laughs> aisle, which is now quite expensive, expensive and expensive. And I'm just like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at or what the hell to get. So- you know, I like even live di- culture. <laughs> live cultures are always good. Um, that's what I not take. always good necessarily. Don't say always. No, no always good. There. Well, for, for you, for me, good for that, you. Yeah, yeah, for they me, work that's for you. What I, see, that's yes. the, see how careful we get. We want to tell everybody yeah. our healing, and we don't even mean well, to. So we don't want to imply that everyone has malicious intent or anything. We get carried right. away. Well, and yeah, but there are so many. I mean, you you go in there. I didn't and you know have, what to get or how many oh, to take. Or. They have one for men. They have one for women. They have. I, I was always told that make sure your cultures are alive and make sure they're in the refrigerator. You know, um, people have a certain brand that they like better than another brand. I mean, it's. Some have 50 million cultures in it. Some have like billions. Like, yeah, you just don't know. It's like you're just playing roulette. 
that's did, is that how you felt, Gal? Like you were just trying to like I'm just gonna I just picked something picked that one. looked middle of the road <laughs> safe and went home <laughs> and <laughs> just wanted to stop pooping because I had to get through that antibiotic for the sinus <laughs> infection and um yeah. But you know, so even when we're on the right track, sometimes it's hard to figure out the right track without mm-hmm. expert guidance and not just our friend Susie or Sally, you know, telling us, well, I take this or I did that, you know, really um, do your homework, you know, from credible sources. And that's not necessarily Facebook. So, you know, do your, do your due diligence. So Jay India, as we wrap up today, I want to know what your course of treatment look like? Like what worked for you? And how did you get to that combination? So I got the diagnosis. I used Western medicine and I'm happy to say that and I'm proud to do it again if I had to do it again. So that was a big step for me is knowing the devil I'm dealing with, right? (laughs) That was the big step. So then the next step was I had to, as Gail said, really research credible credible sources, right? And I did, and I used a combination of Western and Eastern. And what works for me, and again, I'm not a doctor, is I have really increased my exercise and especially my strength training. And you'll find people with IBD, they say that constantly. It's a game changer for us. So I have been jumping on a rebounder. Rebounding helps, which is a small trampoline, with moving the lymph fluid or the toxins out of the body. It has reduced my edema or swelling. It's been a godsend. So that's what's worked for me. Uh, On the diet end, you know, again, everyone's so different. So it's so hard for me to say. Uh, There's an article, if you guys want to look up, he is like the... um, He's, uh, what is it called? A holistic medicine rock star. He's, he's the equivalent of the Kim Kardashian, the pop culture. His name is Chris Kresser. And he has an article, I think it's called how industrial seed oils are killing us or something like that. It's, it just look up Chris Kresser. It's K R E S S E R. And just look up industrial seed oils and you'll find the article. And he talks about how these processed oils, which are soybean, uh, canola, corn, what they cook in restaurants are now causing massive, massive issues. And so I stay away from all that. So that makes it very limiting to what I eat. I cannot eat, um, you'll find this a lot with people with IBD, ulcerative colitis especially, I cannot eat any raw vegetables. Um, so that's why, remember I told you I was doing the big gulp smoothies with the oh, 14. That was right. what was killing me. That's oh. what, and, and I was eating all the salads. That was killing me. So I don't eat that. All the vegetables I make are in a stew or they're braised. So I use Ayurvedic or Indian spices. So that's how I cook. I don't eat out a lot. When I'm due, I'm very mindful of what I eat out a lot, of how I eat. So, you know, all of this and the soul part is, of course, my big metaphysical, you know, how I live my life. So I'm into all the energy healings and the group energy healings, and I meditate all the time and I'm on other realms. And you know, <laughs> so that's my thing. So you, you have to see if that resonates with you. And when I wrote my book, because I do have a book that goes along with the podcast, you have no idea how many times I, I write in it, if it resonates with you, if it mm. resonates with you. Because and it has to be I want to be clear you. too. This doesn't have to be all the way in on any kind of thing that feels hokey pokey to you. It may be as simple as I started meditating, per, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm saying in theory, 
to reduce my stress or spending more time in prayer or just I started allowing myself um, some more self-care time, maybe a bubble bath. It can, it doesn't have to be that you are, you know, levitating or something, you know, <laughs> transcendental no. meditation. It can just be you're carving out some calming time or some exercise or you're being a little more aware. You're breaking down your food and starting to say, when I eat this, I feel good or mm-hmm. I feel poorly. When I eat that, I feel good or I feel poorly. And like we said about everything else, that's going to vary because like somebody may say, oh, you've got to eat strawberries. Berries are so good for you. We'll give that to someone with diverticulitis and see what happens when those little seeds getting in those little pockets. So be careful what you say to other people about what they should do and they should eat. We need to all become very aware. And when we break our food down from that just smorgasbord of a buffet and starting to really pay attention to our body. So Jay, Andy, I want to ask you about this. Would journaling your food be a good idea? Did, was that, did, did you practice that to see, to connect how your body felt? Because I know I may feel crappy today and forget what I even ate last night. Yeah, and I did it on my phone. So I just did it in the notes of my phone yeah. to make it easier for myself. Because I have done so many freaking food journals over the years that I was like, I'm not doing another one, but I will do it on my phone. And I would, you know, put the little cute emojis because on the podcast, we say that if you have a great poop day, a perfect poo, it's a green heart day. So I put a little green heart and I put a little poo and it made me happy. So we're going to send Christina some stickers so uh, that she I, can try to poo more. But you know, you know I we just, also have to consider it may, it may not be what Sometimes what we're not doing, it may be things we are doing, you know, what I know we all get crazy and take all these supplements and vitamins and do all these things. And that's something Christina and I have talked about. I'm like, well, do you think the supplement you're on could be causing you? I mean, this is all related. We have to do a lot of experimentation to figure mm-hmm. all this out. Um, my brother ex- prescribes to a FODMAP diet. Are you familiar with the FODMAP? Oh, I'm familiar with the FODMAP. So yeah. tell her to listen about with IBD. So the FODMAP didn't work for me. So I don't, you know, it, it works amazingly for some people, but it mm-hmm. didn't work for me. Uh, FODMAP is basically an anti-inflammation diet and it works very well for some people. And you'll find varying degrees where it works really well for the first three months and then not so much. Or I'm on it my entire life. The woman I know with the cyclical vomiting, she's on FODMAP permanently and it's it's been a godsend. So it really Again, it just depends. My brother what had is, been having, you know, what constant. Is it? It, it's hard to describe because it's a list. It's not like other diets where you yeah. say you're going to eliminate raw or you're going to only eat, you're not going to eat meat. It's a list and things that you think might be on it and might not. There's no like, I don't want to say rhyme or reason because there is something there, but it's not like, oh, I'm only going to eat root vegetables. But, you know, some vegetables are on there, some are not. Some fruits are on there, some are not. But he had had chronic indigestion and he was also, he loved a good beer, especially craft beers. And he started noticing discomfort. There was something in the beer that was causing him digestive the gluten, the wheat. problems. <laughs> and then, well, he eats granola all the time. And he has a very strange diet. But my brother, if you saw him and you looked at me and you think, girl, are y'all from the same womb? Because that boy is 
I mean, he's sinewy healthy. I mean, he's nothing but flesh, bone, and muscle. He is so healthy and strong and, you know, looks healthy. But he really had to do a lot of work to get to that particular thing that helped him. He had tried different things over time. And so um, his wife doesn't need FODMAP. That's not what, work, what works for her. So we really do have to go on our own journey and put together the mental and the physical, get the help. Um, so last question for you. What have you learned through all this? What, what do you feel that where the blessings and gifts have come out of this that you take forward? Thank you for asking that because I really wanted to touch on that before we left this beautiful conversation today. Yes, I had some gifts. I feel like a new person. I feel like I have a new lease on life. I let so much shit go. No pun intended. Life but shit. I, I <laughs> Christina like needs to let some no, shit go. <laughs> you have no idea what I was before to the relaxed human being you see today. So I'm much more relaxed. The biggest gift to me as a midlife woman is because this is an autoimmune disorder and because my body went through hell, I lost 40% of my hair. Uh, that was shocking. It came out in chemotherapy clumps. No one told me this was going to happen. So that made mm -hmm. it even more shocking. And I'm sitting there, you know, just the hairs in my hand. I, I'm just in shock. And what do I do? I numb out. But then I learned and I said, no, we're not numbing out this time. We're going to deal with the problem. So, you know, I feel like I look at myself and my body in the mirror and I'm like, I look great. You know, I'm so healthy. I'm so happy. I look great for my age. But then I have my days with, with my hair where it's still growing back in the, the back half didn't lose any. The front half did. So the front half is an absolute mess. When I came on this video podcast today, I was thinking about, okay, I have to have these headphones. I have to have my hair like this. I have to have, you know, I couldn't just go on because I'm still self-conscious about it. Mm. But the thing is, I know it's not all about my looks now. I know, you know, at the end of the day, I think I do look good for my age. And at the end of the day, you, you look know, fantastic. that's not the most- and you look Thank you. healthy. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. I look healthy. And that's what really makes do. me your happy. Your skin is, is beautiful. People, yeah. Even though you're talking about Thank your you. hair, it looks healthy. Thank you, because I, <laughs> I rearranged it. <laughs> but yeah, so those are the gifts as a midlife woman that, that really has been brought to me. And also the last thing I just want to say, because we keep talking about be individualized, FODMAP diet, have patience. You will figure it out. Your body naturally wants to heal. That's its natural inclination. You will heal. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's good to know that it wants to heal because I think we're in the throes of these things. Like when I was in the throes of my anxiety, I my biggest fear was would I ever be the same again? Or had I completely just cracked? And I know some people who are close to me think, oh, no, she's cracked. She's really cracked. <laughs> but you know, I am better and I did get to feeling better. Um, but I think part of what we learn in these times too is also compassion. And I'm way less judgmental than I used to be about mm. all kinds of things. Because when you go through something like that and you are reduced to an infantile state, you really grow some compassion for other people. And I've grown compassionate for people's attempts to self-medicate because we're all doing it. And my drug of choice is food. Some people's drug of choice is, is arguably more dangerous choices. Cause I don't know that 
I, I, you know, alcohol and drugs, are they really more dangerous than obesity, you know? So I think as we go through these things, it's great to share our stories. It's great to share our struggles and our victories. And, you know, something we say, if it prompts one woman to go get treatment or, you know, even if it's not a life-saving situation, just get you feeling better where you can live a better life and you don't just accept feeling poorly or having, you know, headaches all the time and stomach pains all the time and things that, because these things do steal from our life. It's not just the pain. I mean, if you're having diarrhea all the time, you don't get far from a bathroom. Like I'll be honest today, I ate that brown rice and I'm not sure what's going to happen. So I don't see myself going out for a big, long jog today. So that is impacting my life. So even if it's not saving your life, it could be a higher quality of life for you to not live in pain and live missing things. Christina, where do you want to end with there? Well, I I just want to say this, is if you are suffering, or maybe you don't even know you're suffering, but you know that there's something going on within you. You're not pooping, you're pooping too much. Um, you have bloating going on. Uh, that's a, there's something going on within the body. You get headaches, um, you get tired, you're trying to void something out of your life instead of face it. There's something going on. Maybe your mental wellness is not on point. You know, uh, things all align within our body. We're human beings and we're very intricate. And I think that the reason I believe that we're so intricate is because there's sensories going off. And if you, if you don't catch this, um, if you don't catch this little hint somewhere else in the body, it's going to show up and your body is throwing hints at you. So just listen, don't, don't stuff it down. Listen, pay attention because when you do that, you can be a better human being. You can show up in the world better. You can show up um, for yourself better. And I, I mean, that is f- by far just super awesome, you know? And so I just think we got to take some time for ourselves and we got to listen. We got to be okay with listening and not trying to uh, push that voice away that's saying, hey, it's a little well, Here's hint. the last thing I want to say too. Stop hiding your symptoms. Mm, Stop hiding how you feel. Find you some really, yeah, you're not hiding anything. (laughs) We are on the phone in the bathroom all the time. Um, It's just so funny. We just don't even care anymore. But I I know, especially if you're dealing with something that might be in the mental health realm, or it's like, you know, your colon, you may not want to talk to everybody about that, but really want to encourage you to have a very close circle of trusted people that you can tell the truth and who watch out for you. Because when I was at my worst, I'm going to give a shout out to my girl, Jerusha. She came over to visit me one day. She knew I was struggling with this anxiety and I was very sick. And she's known me for a very long time. And she's not a, she's not irrational. She doesn't take a radical action on things. She's not a, you know, hyperactive person. But she called my husband. She said, she is not well. She is hmm. not well. And I mean, they weren't trying to commit me or anything. She just wanted to make sure he knew just how impacted I was by this. And I remember also when I had to go have, um, go see a cardiologist because I had an abnormal EKG. It turned out to be fine. 
but she went with me. And that I was so nervous. And we never know what's going to make us nervous. This was pre-COVID, so you may not can do it now, but find those people who you can just say, hey, I'm going to have a colonoscopy and I'm very nervous. Would you go with me? Or can I tell you what's going on with me? Find the safe places and those places of support. And then you be that for others. If you sense that your friend or someone in your circle is struggling, say, would you like me to go with you? Because some people don't want to ask, especially the strong personalities. And Darusha was just so good to come over, show up on her doorstep and check on that girl. You know, don't just tritely say, oh, I'll pray for you. Can I drop off a casserole? Everybody doesn't need a casserole. (laughs) If you're in that inner circle, Follow your gut to check on your friends and to have the real conversations and get your friends to talk in reality to you and be the kind of person that allows people to speak truth to you. Don't just bounce it off. So I think we'll end there today. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. We've been crossing paths on social media and in Clubhouse for a long time. And I always love to see you walk in a room. And like you said, that calmness, you are a calming influence. Like you calm me. You've kept me and Christina from really <laughs> running off the rails on poop jokes today. So you really did. I'm, I'm, yes. It's that's an accomplishment it. in itself. So, <laughs> um, guys, we will put up Jay India's information. Tell us the n- title of your book. So the podcast and the book are the same title. It's best to just go to the podcast. It's available everywhere. It's called Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. And it's a little bean holding a glowing green heart. Aw, that's cute. Because <laughs> she had a poop right. day. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> if you, yeah, Listen to the podcast, get the book, if, especially if you want to learn more and um, her journey with Eastern and Western medicine and getting healthy and happy again. So until next time, Christina, what do we say? Go and get your moxie on. Bye-bye now. (laughs) 